The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this episode are that of the guest and host and do not necessarily reflect the values of sponsors or other associated organizations. Welcome to The Parental Compass, presented by Family Education and Support Services. I am your host, Bobby Williams. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to us on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, whatever Google has, whatever the platform, there's a way to subscribe. So be sure to subscribe to the show. Announcement time. Family Education and Support Services is hosting a virtual conference. So if you like the ideas that you hear on the show and you want to do a deep dive, I encourage you to check out our conference we have coming up. You can go to strengtheningfamiliesconference.org and learn more about the Strengthening Families Conference. We all want our children to feel safe. Well, today we are talking about practices that you can do at home and even within your own self to build a stronger sense of safety. Our guest today is Mike Pereira. Mike is a clinical social worker. What I appreciated about the interview is he's coming at it from a lot of different lenses and it seems like this would be some out of the box ideas, but it actually just makes total sense. Let's check it out. Like, I've heard of people storing trauma in their body, but what does that actually mean? Does that mean like my right arm is really tense or what does it mean to store trauma in your body? Yeah, it's funny you said that. Uh, I've worked with people that have a lot of, uh, I, I, un, I, they don't know where it came from. There's a lot of tension in the right arm. Oh, um, I was just be throwing something there. out there. Yeah, right. And they'll be sitting there, and they will, they will, uh, they will look at their arm, and they realize they've been clenching um, for for how long? They don't know. Maybe a half hour or so. Um, sometimes people wake up with a clench, um, and when they see it and they relax it, oof! It's like they've been doing it for a while. It's exhausting. So, um, the story of tension in the bodies. I mean, this is this is way back to back when. Um, know all the way to lizards um and even beyond uh, you know the, an organism learns how to respond to its environment um and uh, and so we have our body with our spinal cord and all these wonderful uh nerve uh, endings and appendages and vital organs this this thing um is a very is, is a very conscious thing uh, it has its awareness with the environment and so it will learn um you know if we pick up this rock that we might get bitten by a snake um, it doesn't need the thinking brain um, to uh, to discern threat in its environment. Yeah, I remember once just something really awful happened in my life. And the next day I woke up and it was like every muscle was stiff or I just bended my knees and was like, oh, you know, but so we have our conscious self and then our unconscious self is kind of interacting with the body. One last note on the, on the body uh, storing the tension. Uh, something that I like uh, is you ever watch uh, like the uh, the nature uh, channel, uh, and you'll mm -hmm. see like the the lion comes into the into the herd of gazelles and maybe grabs a gazelle or barely misses. 
on the uh, the gazelles that were closer, uh, the animals that were closer to the threat, what you'll see them afterwards is they'll shake it off. They'll, they'll kind of do this like, mm, they might yeah. kind of like try to start like a mock fight or they might try to like, they'll kick, you know, to the left or whatnot, but there's a lot of stored tension. So like what you explained about waking up the next day, kind of tense, um, that's a very, very, very natural place to be. How can we take this back to the idea of parenting and helping kids feel safe or what in general can you do to make it so kids don't feel like they need to be tense all the time or what are just some general tips you could give? The greatest gift that we can give to our children uh, in safety uh, is to ensure that we ourselves are, are safe. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and so um, as we are safe, we will exude a safe demeanor. Cutting What's in that? real quick, what does it look like to you yourself be safe? Because it's like, we all know we're probably not going to get shot or something. So when you say safety for ourselves, what do you mean? There's a lot going on between our thinking self and the body, okay? There's a lot of stuff in between okay. here. And so we need some mirrors. One of the mirrors that we can use is a very simple tool. Everybody has it available to them. You don't need to buy, purchase. Um, is mindfulness. And this is very important. So if you were to take, and as a parent, um, if you were to take a minute, and I would encourage uh, folks watching uh, to go ahead and pause um, this for, 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 for one minute. And as you went through this minute, um, that you're, you're probably going to notice uh, that a second that it, there was stillness, that you're going to have some anticipation. Um, your, your, your brain is going to kind of come into the stillness with some thoughts, maybe something that has to be done, maybe something, um, you know, like what, what I had said, uh, could be something that what, the image in the background, you might feel something in your body, regardless, you're going to have, there's going to be something, some sort of interference to that stillness. Um, and that's natural. What we get a lot of times through the mindfulness is you'll start to feel a level of anxiety come up. They'll start to feel where you have to distract yourself. You have to pull your phone out, check the time. You got to think about a, a list to be able to, to, to knock out um, things that have to be done. Mindfulness is a wonderful mirror that if you could sit in silence for 60 seconds and feel no anxiety without having the thoughts be intrusive, be able to welcome the thoughts and let them go, I'd say that you're doing really well, especially in today's culture. If you find yourself um, becoming... Uh, um, uh, facing like some anticipation or anxiety, what we have to keep in mind is that that's going to be shown in all of our actions. When we're sitting there by ourselves waiting for something, maybe somebody go into the store and come back out, we're waiting at an appointment, uh, we're waiting for um, X, Y, or Z, and we find ourselves easily trying to distract ourselves. That's a cue to us. That's a mirror. It's telling us we don't really feel safe. Mind is trying to occupy itself is trying to distract itself from the body not feeling safe. I mean, that's a great point. Or we don't always like sit back and be like, what am I really thinking? Or what am I really feeling? So say, okay, you do that. You're mindful of yourself. What about other things to help your children feel safe? What about when your kid's stressed out? Are there just some simple tips of this will help your child feel more secure? Yeah, so uh, there's a fancy word. I really like it. Um, it's uh, it's called neuroception. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's it's very simple, uh, but it's something that we don't we not we're not very mindful of. When you and I are having a conversation, we're assuming that the thinking self that's Mike is talking to the thinking self that's Bobby, um, right. and that's true. We are having that conversation, um, but even more so, 
the entire system that is Mike, that whole ocean underneath the raft is also having a conversation with Bob uh, and, and likewise. And we could best see this with horses. If anybody has experience with horses or if anybody has access to horses, um, if you walk out to a horse, a horse's entire demeanor, um, if you look at a horse in the field, you might get, get kind of bored. It's like watching golf. Mm -hmm. They're just kind of sitting there, right? But yeah. if you zoom in, you can see their ears are constantly doing this, mm -hmm. right? And sometimes they'll do this and their tails will do this, right? And as you're watching that, you start to become aware of a very complex language. Um, as prey animals, they are trained to communicate other than verbal. They don't want to communicate loudly. They don't want to give away their position. Um, and so they have these little minute things that they do. And they're very chatty little uh, 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 beings. They chat, 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 chat. And so they're always picking up on these nonverbal cues of those around them. So uh, one of the programs I ran uh, was with veterans and inner city youth, um, all of which um, had di were diagnosed with post-traumatic stress. I uh, would bring them out to the ranch. Uh, we'd sit down, uh, we'd sit down in front of a horse and you can tell a horse, um, horse, I need you to walk over there, right? But if your body language is loud, right? And you don't know why you're there and this thing is big and it's looking at you and you don't know what it's going to do, the horse is not gonna listen to the words. It's gonna see your body. And it's going to say, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't belong here. I don't belong here. None of us belong here. And you're going to start seeing the horse. Horse is going to start moving around. Oh. Okay. And so you can actually see this in demonstration where if you're in front of a horse and you're just sort of doing this, the horse will do this. Uh-huh. Okay? Swaying back and forth. Right. The horse is going to match your energy. Okay. And I think that that's a very, very important insight with our children. In the very much a similar way, children will adapt to our energy. And so if the child's central nervous system, their body is escalated, right? That already is going to be a stress point for us. It doesn't matter if it's our children or not. Sometimes it makes it worse that it's our children. They kind of look like us. They're hitting on a lot of things that, that are, are well integrated with us. So if we see them escalated, we're probably going to feel escalated, right? Yeah. Right. So this is where it comes very important back to point one, which is the mindfulness. The more mindful you are, the more you're able to make that discernment in the moment when your child has escalated. Mm -hmm. You know what it's like to feel calm. That is the gift that you will give your children yeah. is that as they are processing their stress and they are feeling themselves in flux, it doesn't matter what you say. OK, or it does but only as an extent of like the raft on top of the ocean. What matters is the ocean. What matters is the body. And if you can maintain, you're still your calm point. So in my family, we find it, we call it your calm, mm -hmm. right? And sometimes we have to go find our calm. Yeah. Um, and so as far as simplicity goes, mindfulness for yourself. Then when you're working with your children, whether it's in a group activity, whether it's because they came home stressed out, whether something's going on online, they're going to pick up 99% of what they will do, whatever they're going to work with, they're going to pick it up by your demeanor. It, it seems like so much of the people that we are is established when we're young too. Mm. So I get yeah. what you're saying of, okay, let's be mindful of ourselves. Let's not stress out around our kids. If they're stressing us out, let's take a moment. 
get some deep breaths, relax around them. Beyond that, though, say a kid is coming back, they're nervous about the first day of school or a grandparent died or something. Are there other things you can do to comfort your kids or make them feel a little more at peace beyond just being at peace yourself? So empathy is a great is a great practice. Um, I, I attempt to assume there's three steps. Ready? And I and I and I uh, I get this from uh, from literature. Um, the the first one is uh, attempt to identify what the other is feeling. Mm-hmm. Attempt to be able to identify why they're feeling. Three. Talk to them about what your insights are. Mm-hmm. Opening it up as a collaboration, as an inquiry. Let them get that energy out. Um, and as they do, um, a lot of times, a lot of times people and children both just need to know they're not alone. Safety. Yeah. Right? They don't need solutions. They don't need, uh, uh, you know. I, I think that's the yeah. thing is it's like, okay, you're talking about wanting to fix. And it's like, sometimes there's not fixing things, but just processing and letting something just go through your mind a little bit and what you're doing again it's all undertones think ocean to raft right mm-hmm. you're showing your care you do care you're letting that part be present so one of the things that's really important with this too is context and environment and what that means is that we want to be able to create safe environment in the house so they have a safe spot to go to they should have some sanctity in the house some sanctity in their life um, they, they, uh, uh, um, they, you, you know, moving more into the child, into the body, you want to make sure things like sleep are important in the family. You want to make sure that nutrition is important in the family. You want to make sure that exercise and even mindfulness, um, you know, we do quiet time in our house, um, that these are all essential ingredients. So when the time comes and the stress does come, you don't have to tackle the whole stress all by yourself as a parent. You've already built some great fertile soil. Uh, for productive processing of stress inside the child. And that's why you don't need to say too much. You just need to be present. You kind of have this foundation so that when something happens, it's like they're coming back to a peaceful home. They've thought, you know, they've practiced mindfulness and trying to think about what they're going through. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. Share your water tip for calming your heart rate because that that's a pretty cool one there are a number of hacks that you can find uh, you can just google um of course i mean as far as you know things like medical conditions and whatnot that's an important caveat to any of these to be able to talk to your doctor um, about any condition uh, before you do any of these little life hacks um but there's a number of life hacks um that are available um for stress uh, I'll say a couple, um, but this is just a drop in the bucket. Um, my favorite go-to is actually crackers, okay? I'll get to the water in a hot second. Um, so uh, when I was working uh, with uh, traumatized youth, I would keep crackers on me. Um, and what, it, what the crackers do um, is as you're chewing on the crackers, it's telling your body, now remember, ocean, right? 100% ocean. Um, it's telling your body that it's time to eat. Okay. Well, to eat, that forces um, your uh, what's called the sympathetic nervous system, which is your fight, your your flight, your freeze. Um, that that sort of response to the environment is sort of a, either a, a defensive or offensive response. Um, it forces that uh, that sympathetic nervous system down 
and it increases the parasympathetic nervous system, which is it's time to relax, it's time to eat. And that sends much different chemicals to the body. And so I would work with them as if they had a stress point, eat a little cracker as they're doing their processing. That will turn their brain from fight, flight, or freeze to sit down and rest, okay? Um, the one I talked to you about was with the water. Um, yes, there's, you can run your, your wrists. Um, uh, you know, you see in the movies, people go to the, the bathroom, they splash water on their face. Um, there's some legitimacy behind this. Um, cold water on the face, and if you run the cold water over your wrists, um, it will convince your body that you, you might be drowning um, and you're going to have to conserve okay. your oxygen. Your oxygen is going to have to be really just to the vital organs, right? <laughs> that seems bad. Well, what it Why does is, is good. It, well, because what it does is it, um, it'll lessen oxygen to your brain. Mm -hmm. And so you'll get, um, if anybody's ever taken a drag off of a cigarette, um, it'll kill oxygen to the brain for a second. That's when you get that, that little nicotine high. They call it a nicotine high. Um, you sort of just get like a little bit, it just dumbs the brain down enough to be not so overactive when you're feeling stressed. An important part with the brain, you got to realize that the thinking self, the thinking self can think of a lion. And the brainstem down here doesn't know that it's not really a lion. Uh. So when we have financial difficulties, when we have anticipations over health or someone else's health, when we have um, whatever worry or anxiety we can latch onto, our body doesn't know it's not real. It is living in the reality that the thinking self has given us. And so a lot of these tricks are going to be to dumb down the brain, to stop those, the, the, to chatter up in the brain. Number one goal of mindfulness. We're not hunting animals really, unless it's for fun. We're not getting attacked by lions but our body still has those feelings and we gotta keep trying to counteract them. This has been just such a fascinating conversation. Uh, thank you for taking the time to be here today. And I, I just really appreciate all the great work that you do. Bobby, very reciprocal. Um, absolutely, I, I, I love the, the, the impact you have in the community. Uh, and I, I do appreciate um, letting me come on and. I look at this as a challenge. Um, the most of most of the clients that I work with, the families that I work with, and just in the general public, it is hard to sit in silence and stillness for a minute. And I hope that that serves as currency for folks just to contemplate, to think about how can and the best part with stillness is the best part to get good at stillness and all the benefits that it comes with all the interactions we have with other people, including our children. Um, is just more stillness. I would encourage people to carve out just a little bit of stillness so that the, the raft on top of the ocean takes a break and we get a little more acclimated to the ocean that we're giving the world. Mm. Well, thank you again. Thank you, Bobby. Getting that peace within ourselves, that's the lifelong journey. Thank you again, Mike, for joining. This has been the Parental Compass by Family Education and Support Services. Be sure to check out our conference, strengtheningfamiliesconference.org. I'm Bobby Williams. We'll see you next week. Peace.